endangered species. But I sing no victim song. I am a woman, I am an artist, and I know. Come on, endangered species. I am so, so happy that she won. What would have made it a little, even a little bit more perfect is if Keenan came afterwards and was like, we're going to take a collection um, up on behalf (laughs) of the building fund for the church because it definitely went to, I don't even know. At first when I heard it, I was watching it like live. And so when I first heard it, I was like, okay, what is, what is happening here? What are we doing? Is this Cheryl was shutting it down? Is this are we going to church? Are we on Broadway? Where and it was all the above. I love I loved it. I live for it. I actually um Yeah. (laughs) I yelled. I uh gave a little I was uh singing a lullaby to my old man to help him. You know, he was trying to go to sleep. I was like, let me sing you a quick lullaby. You're so extra. (laughs) I popped out into I'm an endangered species. She she went off. She went off. So, but she can sing. I was like, "Sure, you better sing, girl." She can definitely sing. So we do. We're going to talk about that. We have lots more to talk Emmys. about. What um, else we're talking? Yeah, the about? Emmys were. We, we're talking about. I have some updates. Uh, you know, celebrities in court all the time. So I have a couple of updates there. We have Wait. to talk about some of the shows that premiered. Little Mermaid backlash. We're definitely going to talk about it. Okay, we can talk about that as well. Um, and yeah, like there's just a lot. There's a lot going on, and so want to talk about some upcoming television that may be coming our way. And um, we also have some really good shows. I think we're covering today. So I, I do, I do. So let's get into it. I'm excited. Let's get into it. Cold pop. Ready? One, ooh, two, ooh. three, go. <laughs> Everybody, what's going on? Hey, it's me, Trent Rashad. And I'm Marcus Drew Steele. And you are listening to Cold Pop. All what right. A week. We are back. Yes. Um, it's been quite a week for me as well. I will go ahead and say that. I uh it's been an action-packed week for me, uh personally, professionally. What have you been up to? Um, just a little bit of everything. It's so funny because I was saying, um, what was it? It was Thursday night. And I was like, 2018 Trent is back. Oh. Uh, it was back in is full party Trent? Thursday night. I wouldn't say party party Trent, but you were, we were living together, I think, that year. We and were. I just, I don't know if you remember just like all the events and things that I would be at. Like just never home, just like out Pre-pandemic and about. Pre-pandemic Trent. Like, 
And I feel like that that was, I, w- I don't even, I wouldn't even say pre-pandemic. I really think it was like a couple, it was like a couple of years where it was just crazy. The schedule was crazy. And so club, Thursday another club, action. another bar, another club. Very much so. <laughs> that was Thursday night. And um, I think the only thing that was missing from it was like the actual, like all the outfit changes and things I used to do. I remember oh, like, yeah. Yeah, just like all the clothes, but it was it was different. It was you know it was just the nice callback to um, those those days before I became an old married woman. What a time to be alive, child! What a time. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was a good week. Um, had a little situation at the chateau. Uh, air conditioning went out, and so that was fun. Well, y'all um, even go needed. The, the summer's over with. Well, I mean. You never know in Chicago. Like, let's just be very clear about That's the situation. True. Like, it's going to be, and I always, I always run hot. Like, just to begin with, I mean, I'm looking at you right now, and you are in a grandmother shawl. It's um, she by Sheree. It's a she by yeah. Sheree shawl. I I heavily doubt it. Um, <laughs> but uh, there is, you know, I, I always I'm going to need the air, so we had to get that taken care of, and just some other little fun little things. We're going to get you a identity fan. Got, an oscillating identity fan. was stolen this week as well. Oh my god, what happened? Yes, 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 child, yes. And so I woke up, and I think this was Wednesday. I think this was Wednesday. Um, I woke up to like a series of emails from Bank of America saying like, "Congratulations on your." mobile banking account like someone had applied for a yeah bank account in my name and like like sending me all of the stuff the last email i got was the actual like i guess they realized whoever did it was like oh these emails are going to him so they switched the email account on the address and that was like the last notification that i saw it was like five o'clock in the morning and so i had to like wake up that morning and call bank of america and let them know like hey this is not me and so we're going through all of that process right now i have you know, I've had to um, tap into my legal team, so mm-hmm. I have major parts. That's how you know you pop case. in when somebody tries to steal your identity. You 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 know you pop That's in it. now, honey. So <laughs> yeah, so I have Phaedra Parks on the case. Oh God, um, you about to lose? <laughs> uh, you about to uh, lose, girl? <laughs> taking care of my uh... <laughs> drag him. You better off with She Hulk. Get She Hulk right. on the case. You about exactly. To lose. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, but no, no, so lots, like, lots going on. It was a week. I mean, we had the very sad story of uh, PMB, the the rapper, oh, yeah. um, who's yeah. gunned down at the um, Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles. Yeah, and then uh, Jesse Powell, famous R&B singer, um, also passed away walk. this week. The so just a lot, a lot going on. What about you? It was. Um, this past weekend was pretty crazy. It was, so it was Pride Fest weekend here in Oakland. Um, and friends were in town, had a great time, ended up going Mm -hmm. to a Work the World concert on Friday, got to see Jade Essence Hall, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo, Kim Chi, Bosco, Willow Pill, and uh, Lady Camden. And so that was a fun time. Uh, okay. Shout outs to Lady Camden, Vanjie, and Jada. They did the damn thing. Very, very good performances. Um, went Not to a, had a couple birthday parties, and so went to two different birthday parties this weekend, and then did Pride Fest in Oakland on Sunday. Uh, well, where Crystal Waters? Does there, I hope everyone knows who Crystal Waters is. One hundred percent. Let yeah, let them know who. Sure. Just because some of them might not. Or 
for um la da la di da la da la that's crystal waters um very big back in the 90s house music uh, and big frida big frida also performed did a good job nice little sets uh so yeah it was it was it was a fun but exhausting weekend it was just like you another bar another club another mm-hmm. event change clothes i had to come and do an outfit change at least three times but we made it work and i looked fabulous doing it <laughs> well I'm, I'm really glad to hear that mine was not a full weekend i just want to clarify i just had one night um because uh, i mean it does take a lot out of you like that was the thing like so i got i got home and i had um i probably got home at like maybe like 11 and decided to um on Thursday like, night, a quick nap. Yeah, so like got like a took a quick nap, mm-hmm. um, because my events weren't like I wasn't like out like everywhere. Like I had a work event, and then I went and met up with some other friends, and then I went and did a dinner, which turned into a dinner slash concert, and it was like it was of like course. a whole thing. So, <laughs> but when I got home, like I just kind of like chilled for a little bit, and then I got downstairs and like watched TV and videos till like three a.m. Um, it was what just TV weird. It was have like you been I said, it was like twenty eighteen. So. Good question. There's a lot going on this week. And so we had number one, Atlanta, season four premiered this week. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. And this is their final season, right? This is the final season. Fourth and final season. Okay. So they shot these like literally back to back. I'm guessing, yeah. And just had them ready to go. Um, So that was nice. So it had like a two hour episode premiere, which, you know, really just went off. It did. It really, it really did. And so yeah. that's why I say if, if you are if you are an Atlanta watcher, hurry up and get caught up because we're already starting with the final season. So Shut um, it was really good though. I enjoyed that. Handmaid's Tale also premiered this week I as saw well. That. This is the final so, season of it too, isn't it? So lots to discuss there. Um, and I don't then, know what you're gonna do when that show ends. Of course, uh, I don't know either. We'll see. Um, it seems like it's get like I was a little weary of it, but I think it's gonna go, it's going in the right direction. It seems like um, yeah. The you're other, talking about Handmaid's Tale. Yes, I'm talking about Handmaid's okay. Tale. And then the other show this week that like blew my mind was, of course, House of the Dragon. So don't say anything because I'm st- I okay. So oh I am God. slacking. I know. I know. I know. I know. Marcus, I know. I can't even like. I'm slacking. I need to catch up on yeah, last week's episode. Really, I'm gonna do that as we're recording this on a Saturday. So I will be watching really it today. Letting this pass you by. I will be um, watching today. And I think what's on is my list. Beautiful is this time around for for this experience, and so like. For my like Game of Thrones experience, we had to binge these together. And so I wasn't watching with the rest of the world. And right. then the last season that I was watching w- with the rest of the world just we really all saw how that, that great. turned out. <laughs> and so with this House of the Dragon, it's like its own new thing. And the episodes are great. And I'm experiencing it and watching it with everybody. And so like I love to get on Twitter after an episode and hashtag them dragons or hashtag hmm. um, them thrones. Like it's just, you know, just beautiful commentary, beautiful black commentary on uh, so the, the show. I have not. Uh, so number one, I agree. I've, I really like the show, but I have been hearing rumblings that some people are saying that rings of power is better than house of the dragon. Now I have not seen I Rings know. of Power. I don't watch 
Rings of Power. I don't know anything about that. On Amazon, the Lord of the Rings prequel. Yeah, I don't, and I'm not a Lord of the Rings person. I've never saw one, so I wouldn't know know anything about that life. Well, they're saying that it's better than House of the Dragons, but I I can't comment because I've not seen Rings of Power yet, but I will be catching up on that. I'm also going to be uh, binging P-Valley today so that I can catch up on that. I need to catch up on Oh, well, I'm I'm talking about P-Valley today. I know, so you're going to ruin it for us. So you're going to do it without spoilers? We'll see what I can do. I don't, I don't, I'll be fine to watch even with the spoilers. Uh, but yeah, so I've got a lot of TV to catch up on, but my weekend was great. Sounded like your weekend Thursday was great as well. Busy. My, my weekend's always great. My Thursday was a little crazy, but that's, there's that. Uh, anything else from you? Nope. Let's hop into our next segment. All right. It is time for our most beloved segment of this podcast. And that is. We're going to have to record this now that we're not. I feel like we we got that one. I feel like we both did it at the same time on that one. I don't think we did. We'll Um, keep going. But this is uh, going to be a rapid fire recall. And we're going to keep these rapid. Emphasis on rapid. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to keep these rapid. A rapid fire recall of the week's most ridiculous and ratchet moments in pop. We culture. know y'all loved that two hour episode last month, last week, but you will not I be didn't. giving a two hour episode. I did not. So we will not okay. be doing that anymore. But I did want to um, hit a couple of things. I'm going to go first. I have a couple Ooh. of updates. You know, I always stay in the courtroom when it comes to these celebrities. And so Child. I want to give y'all a couple of quick updates uh the first one that i do want to talk about though really quickly it is a i don't know exactly how to feel about this story but i don't know marcus have you seen all of the stuff going on with piper lewis and um her trial i saw the gofundme and how she raised an immense amount of money which i'm very excited about but i don't know the background of the story so please do tell okay so breaking it down piper lewis is 17 year old um, African-American female who uh, she pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and willful injury of this um, man. His name is Zachary Brooks, uh, who she she basically stabbed to death. Um, he was uh, repeatedly raping her. Uh, and this she was this is when she was 15. So this was two years ago. Um, and at that time, I think it's important to know he was 37. 37 at the time of his death. Um, and so she had uh, she had initially like turned herself in um, and pleaded guilty to the to the manslaughter. So her sentencing was this week. So she had her hearing on this past Tuesday. Um, the judge, his name is David Porter, um, was the one that handed out the actual sentence. Uh, she doesn't have to do any time. They deferred the time that she had spent already behind bars um, and said that that was enough time served. But because of those charges and she pleaded guilty there was a mandate of the fines that she would be responsible for so what that totaled to yeah so what that totaled to i I think it's because um this happened in the state of iowa and with iowa they have some safe harbor laws which may basically um like have to kind of he he had no option he had to give or some type of money and so she was so she was charged to pay a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in restitution 
Um, at which point, Piper's math teacher, and I want to get, I want to get the math teacher's name, Leland Shipper, is the uh, math teacher. Uh, started this GoFundMe for Piper to help, and within like the first couple of days, raised oh way over the amount of the one hundred and fifty thousand, um, and decided to keep going. Uh, and at this is as of Saturday, they have they have re- they have raised over four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I love um, that. So this is going to go to help pay towards her restitution. It's going to pay off any additional fees that she has. Um, hopefully get her life and then back kind on of track. help start and start her track back to like going back to school things yeah. like that i love that yes. good but definitely a Wu chow moment this is like one of the things and and the judge he also he addressed how unfair it was he was like this is you know because of state law this is mandated but i do see the unfairness in this but definitely mm-hmm. a Wu chow moment i don't know if you also caught r kelly was found guilty. Girl, who cares? Send that nigga this to week. jail already. So he, prison. So this one was um actually so he went to he went to um court this time for the actual tapes, for the actual sex tape, the infamous sex tape, um, in which he was found guilty on three counts of produ- producing child sex abuse images and three counts of enticing underage girls to engage in criminal sexual activity. Um, there were a couple of other charges that he was actually acquitted for and some other people that were, I think, um, maybe affiliated or involved. They they also were acquitted of those charges. But I mean, this is also going to just be time added on to his already very long sentence. He initially got 30 years in prison. And I think that um, three of the counts that he was found guilty for have like a minimum of, of 10 years. So I, I have no doubt that they're going to be tacked on. Is it reasonable to say that he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison? I think so. At fifty-five, like mm-hmm. I and would say, yeah, this is probably two, more sentences. This is probably sentences. going to be a situation. I mean, I'd never say never. We, you know, how sometimes these celebrities and their resources can get them out of some of the most crazy situations. So, never say never. But it looks like it's designed to be that way. Bucha. Uh definitely and then the last little court situation i don't know if you remember me covering this back while way back when but sweetie pie star tim norman was also found guilty this past week um so this was the situation in which he was charged um for participation in a murder for hire plot for his nephew back in 2016 yes i don't know if you remember we talked about this yeah his name is tim norman and sweetie pie his mom Yes, yeah. his mom is uh, Sweetie Pies, um, okay. which used to be on, used to come on OWN, which is like a soul okay. food restaurant in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I remember. And so he was found guilty um, for his participation in that. No word on what the sentence will be just yet, but uh, it took the jury 17 hours to come to the decision. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. I don't know if it would have took me that long, but I mean, <laughs> I they say, found him it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, but they found him guilty, and so it seems like some people are having to kind of finally, you know, pay the piper here. Mm. Ooh, Hard yeah. to pun because girl's first girl's name was Piper, right? So Piper, and then R. Kelly, the Pied Piper, and then pay the oh, Piper. Gosh. Oh my God! <laughs> Look at what we're doing. This is this is crazy. Woo chow! Woo chow! <laughs> 
Um, the only things I have. So first off, this is a Wu child, but also a very sad Wu child, uh, just because memories and end of an era. Roger Federer and Serena Williams are retiring. I, w- I didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but two of the greatest players of all time in tennis um, are hanging it up. I mean, it's very arguably, it, it can be argued that Serena and Roger have had very very similar careers they literally had i think serena has one more grand slam title than roger maybe two or three i think roger's either at 20 or 21 and serena has 23 but they've literally been playing for the same amount of time they came up in um the 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 juniors that they played because i know the williams sisters didn't play juniors that much um and so it was just it was very crazy to see roger announced that his retirement as well right off of the heels of Serena and so it had me thinking I was like I wonder if they talked about this before any of the announcements were made and was like all right I'm gonna let you have your moment first and then I'm gonna take my moment at the end of the year because it seems like this was a little orchestrated by both of them what do you think Oh, I'm not going to be commenting anything. I'm shut my fat ass up on tennis because the last time I tried <laughs> to do a tennis story, my head got you, fucking popped yeah. off. Yeah, and you should have just sat there and ate your food. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and I was trying to just pay a black man tribute. And <laughs> you are so this extra. This shit don't mean nothing. It's not important. He's not the. He's That's nobody. not what and I said. I like, hey, and you love to be doing whoa. some shit like that. You love whoa. to do some stuff like that. I just said like I would that. just. I saw this when I saw this story on the docket today. Yeah. I said, "Yeah, shut my fat ass up," and I'm not gonna leave say it to nothing. the professional. I'm taking sis. a break. Yeah, you sit there. But no, it was it was it's just it's an end of an era like they have been synonymous with tennis and everybody's going to miss them. And so I just wanted to say that Um, let's get to the real drama. Ma, this Little Mermaid backlash, it's getting a little out of hand Um, Mm. since the trailer, the teaser trailer came out at D23 at the Disney Expo. It has garnered over one point five million dislikes on YouTube so that they had to like shut off the YouTube, but the dislike button. Now, the reason why it's gotten so many dislikes is because all of these racist people, I won't even just say just white people, but just racist people in general, are mad that it's a black mermaid. And it's like, beloved, this is a fictional series. It is a mermaid. She doesn't exist. She's not real. She has a talking crab and a talking fish for friends. Like, who hurt you like go find something else to be upset about and let's not talk about all of the whitewashing that they've done in all of these other movies like ghost in the shell and prince of persia and what was that movie with um emma stone played the hawaiian girl oh i mean there's so many there's it's so like many. non-stop um, so like someone this on is tiktok what we to be did a mad. full tiktok of all of the instances of where they've like i saw that like yeah. real life characters yeah and so, so i'm just like it's mind-boggling and like now it's like okay so now i for sure have to buy my ticket and show up in person to make sure that this movie does well because what we're oh, not gonna do anyway. is let hallie flop no i don't think hallie will flop and i think these people will ultimately go see it there will be the pandemonium around it i think what you are hearing right now is just people who may be a little bit bored um, but hurt white people nothing better to do other than just like be mad about a a disney movie for children right hello hello for, for say that part something, again. <laughs> something for the kids and adults are upset it's like you are not the target 
audience here, number one. And yet you've got the most to say. Right, yeah, you have so much to say um, about it. So I find that super interesting. You did mention kids. The last thing I wanted to say on the positive side, I have also seen a lot of videos of little black girls watching the trailer for the Mm -hmm. first time and being like, oh my gosh, she's black. She's brown. She looks like me. And I was like, oh, these are so cute. Good for them. I love that. So... But Wu Chow on Little Mermaid, I will be there front and center on debut weekend supporting my girl Halle Bailey and making sure that this movie breaks records at the box office. I, de- I think it definitely will. Um, last but certainly not least, I don't know if you saw the story out of Oklahoma City about mm-hmm. the semi that spilled over on the I-40 on the on on the, the um, interstate. Ooh, geez. So, detail. Okay. <laughs> so this past week, um, as you know, you know, as trucks are kind of helping maneuver things back and forth across the country, we had a semi truck that had an unfortunate accident um, and spilled over um, on the highway, which actually kind of shut down traffic um, right outside Oklahoma City uh, for hours. Um, mm. The coverage on the news is what really, I think, amplified this because the clip, if you actually watch it, is very interesting in which the newscasters are trying to figure out exactly what are the items that are scattered all around the highway. If you go and watch this. <laughs> Dildos, vibrators. The, the um, young man that's reporting on site. I I have to give him credit. He handled this very well. He handled this with extreme professionalism. Um, but the anchors who were actually in the studio were trying to figure out like what are those items that are on the that are on the road? And the camera zooms in and you actually start to see these phallic images and these personal massagers. And one of the anchors in the studio was about to say what it was on air, but she caught herself. She's I don't know. Is that a booty hole? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, that's a booty like, hole. Is that a dick? <laughs> she was like, no, it's a... And like, she just like kept it, it very a quiet. sex toy. Um, what, to add insult to injury, how he started this whole thing is that uh, he was like, this truck turned over and lost its load here. I said, if oh my puns... God could if i i mean if you i couldn't think of a better way to say it definitely lost its load all over the interstate um and i'm sure lost a couple of other loads that would be happening had this accident not happened i'm sure this will be on the late night shows at some point oh i am sure but like i just like it i mean literally dicks just scattered across (laughs) um the road it's a dream come true for you Woo chow (laughs) <laughs> not too much watch it not too much <laughs> all right is that all you have that's all i have so let's take a break and when we come <laughs> back we will do our spotlight shows of the week this week we're going over to chuck alisa uh so i'll be covering p valley marcus what are you doing this week we are going to take a trip into our dreams and talk about the sandman Oh, okay. It could be a sweet dream or a beautiful nightmare. We'll have that play right. us out. Either way, I don't want to wake up for you. All right, All we'll right. take a break. Right back.
All righty, we are back, and it is time for our TV show Spotlights of the Week. Trent, you want to go first? Down in the valley where the girls get naked. Hey, if hey, you throwing bands, hey. then you know she going to shake it. One, Let me take two, his blanket off. Them. Three, four, rake them. Right, please take that blanket off. It is not that no, cold. No, it is a little. It well, actually is that cold. Open. It Ooh, actually cold. is that cold in San Francisco. I do know that. Yeah. Uh, but we are headed to Chuckalisa, Mississippi for season two of Stars P Valley. Um, what a great season. Uh, so much going on. And we're going to talk a little bit about it. I know, Marcus, you haven't watched it. But Katori, sis, you've done it again. Katori Hall, who is the creator um, and showrunner for uh, P Valley, uh, brought us an incredible season where a mayoral run decides the fate of so many characters uh, as well as the future of the beloved Pink. Um, so first, before we get into this, I want to talk about a couple of things that were happening outside of the episodes. I think mm -hmm. it's important for us to um, acknowledge things that this show did, I think, that were unique or different or that kind of put it, you know, put a certain spotlight on it. Number one, I feel like the writing team took the road less traveled because this series directly takes directly takes on the pandemic in a way that many shows have not. Um, so for those shows that may have like been recording or have come back since, since the pandemic, a lot of them will either be taking place like right after or just not acknowledging at all. And I feel like P Valley did it in a way of which it's woven and throughout the plot, throughout the characters um, so much. And so I applaud them because I don't know if it was, I think you can get into a debate of whether or not like shows like this should be about escapism and like being able to kind of turn off from real life. But I think they handled it in a really, in a really strong way. It wasn't the, um, it wasn't the main focus of every, of every episode, but it was definitely a extra character um, throughout the entire series. And I feel like a show like this is not escapism. It, like it takes place in the real in the real world in a real setting and real things are happening. So I mean, I think why not take on a real thing that we're dealing with and you know, maybe embellish it a little bit. But yeah, I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. So I mean that was one thing overall that I applaud. I, I like the way that they did it. I think they did it in a very smart way. The other thing mm -hmm. I was like, baby, for season two. P must stand for punks because all the punks Watch out now. in this uh, show. I mean, the everything was gay and everybody was gay. Um, and this, I mean, this was a lot of the criticism that it had received just overall. And we've talked a little bit about it on this show, um, mm -hmm. the gay of it all and whether it's necessary or whether they doing too much. But I think for me, and we'll get into this when we talk about the themes, but for me, I think it really focused a lot of um, of providing different a different scope of the quintessential gay that we may see or what gays may look like in other areas and like and especially like in rural areas as well. Like I feel like we always see like gays in these like metropolitans and like you know these really fun cities. But what does it look like? You know. Um, in, the, in the south what does you know yeah. yeah like what you know those types of things are really important uh just for visibility but i think that those are two important things that i really did enjoy um mm -hmm. 
taking it into the episode. So let's go into the episodes. And while I won't go directly through like any specific spoilers or plot points, I do want to talk about who are my standout characters um, okay. this season. For me, I think the the writing and just the way that the story was told, it relies heavily on um, Lil Murda and Mississippi or Keyshawn uh, to provide a lot of the dramatic weight of this series. Um, mm-hmm. I think those two actors um, for Little Murder, it's J. Alphonse Nicholson, and for Mississippi, her name is uh, Shannon Thornton. They definitely stretched their acting chops heavily throughout multiple episodes. Um, I, I would argue that I think the biggest journeys this season took place with Little Murder and Mississippi. Um, that's all the videos little, that I saw on on social media. Little Murder has, little murder you know, some city. very, some very, very serious um, scenes um, involving, you know, involving death, involving queer identity. Uh, Mississippi, we we get into her life story, we get into her backstory. You get to learn a lot more about her, and so they definitely had a they definitely really showcased their journeys. Um, I would say in a close third to that for my returning characters. These mm-hmm. returning characters, I would say Uncle Clifford also had some really great moments as well. But it wasn't, it was not the Uncle Clifford show, which I think a lot of people may have assumed based on season one was that this was going to be all about, you know, Uncle Clifford and that, you know, we're going to get a lot of those um, same, you know, big drag moments and things like, I mean, and we did, we definitely did. They were there, but, um, there was a lot more weight and a lot more heavy stuff that was focused on those two characters before that I mentioned. What I found to be the most interesting in comparison from season one to season two was the uh, character of Autumn Knight. So this is the, I think we all, because she has like so many names now, but I'm going, I'm, we're calling her Autumn Knight, um, Alarica Johnson's character that basically is the light-skinned dancer that comes and is very mysterious and out of nowhere. I thought we would get more story on her. I thought we would do a lot more with her character. And I'm not exactly sure what's going on with this, but I know that she's not replanning. She's not planning to return to season three of mm-hmm. P-Valley. And it seems like that they just really took that character back a lot. Like we did, we they, saw they very little from her. Seat. Yeah. We we saw very little from her, um, and I found th- I found that to be really surprising. Um, as far maybe as maybe they knew, maybe they knew in production of this season that she. I was think not so. Be I think that there was probably so they I'm, scaled her down. I'm guessing there might have been some kind of conflict. There might have been something going on because there's definitely was a, um, yeah, there was definitely a a step back for sure, a conscious. You step know what back it's giving from her. It's giving Euphoria and uh, Barbie Fierra's character. Pop, probably, I could see something too. like that because she's not returning like either. Yeah, yeah, I could see something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about my new favorite character though, um, and that is the character of Roulette, who is played by Gail Bean. Um, she really made quite a impression and dent into this season. Um, I think that she may be kind of, she might be someone that we look and learn a lot more. Um, and she might be able to fill, fill some of that space that Autumn Knight didn't feel 
uh, for mm-hmm. future seasons because we really got to get a lot of great moments from her. Um, the character is <laughs> very unpredictable. She is, you know, laughing one minute and she's fighting the next. And so she's she's def- she's a dancer in the club and she's giving she's given us a lot to play with and work with. And I was really excited. Um, I've seen Gail Bean in a couple of other projects, but this one looks like she's she's really got some meat to it and that she's going to be able to do a lot um, in this role. So I'm excited for her as well. Um, themes now. Okay. I don't want to say that, like, I don't think, I'm not going to say it's not out there, but P-Valley was definitely one of the shows this year that highlighted the importance of mental health support specifically for black men. Oh, okay. Um, and we see this through uh, the characters of Little Murder, uh, the character of Teak as well, but like, you know, what trauma can do and what that what it can do to a person. And then also um, for Little Murder, we see, you know, what reaching out looks like. We see an example mm-hmm. of what reaching out to someone when you're not in a good place looks like. And so I love that we saw that and I love that that was a common thread um, throughout the episodes because I feel like it is really important. Um, we go deeper into domestic abuse. I think for everyone who watched season one, there is a domestic abuse storyline that we go deeper into for season two. I won't say too much on that. Um, I'll let you kind That's of where Mississippi's character, exactly right? how that happens. Yes. But um, okay. that definitely goes to some places. Um, mm. And then I think the last and what my most, my most favorite thing that they kind of showcased was queer identity as a spectrum. Um, and just where, you know, as I said, everybody was gay. It, yeah. There was a lot of gay people um, in this, in this season. And I think, you know, instead of labeling them as gay, I think we see that, you know, people who may have been routinely straight or heterosexual got to have some experimentation. I think that we see, like, you see the different varieties and that, you know, you can be an Uncle Clifford, you can be a Little Murder, you can be, you know, other characters in here, and it all looks different. It's not one thing, and, you know, um, being Black, gay, and queer, it's not a, it's not a one one size fits all it's it's more so every to each their own so um i really love that 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 was a it was a very large part like i said because we could call this punk valley um this season because there were so many queer relationships and but and like you know budding of queer identity happening um and you're using that as a term of endearment what do you mean you say punk valley. I mean, some people might find that offensive. Well, come catch me outside if you found it offensive. Ooh, um, he said, "Come see me with I'm, them hands." <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm very like punk is. Uh, it is a term, but I, I think that you can kind of. I'm. I'm someone who's actually taken that and used it, and I've reclaimed that word. Um, but yeah, definitely, um, it is. It it was a theme. So for all the punks out there. <laughs> We we were represented well. Um, Shout out. What I didn't like. Okay. Let's hop into that. Um, I think my biggest gripe. I felt like the role of Diamond, the uh, guy Tyler Lepley. I feel like he was underutilized this season. I felt like we could have got a lot more of him. Uh, he he made some appearances in and out throughout the show. 
but they didn't give him anything really weighty to deal with. Um, and I would have liked to see, I would have liked to see a lot more of him because um, mm-hmm. he's fine. And also, of I think course. you know, I just I like I like the story. Um, <laughs> the other thing I have written down here, and this is no shade, don't get me wrong, but I did. There were some cringe moments. One of them being Uncle Clifford's narration. So one of the different devices that you'll see used throughout this season is that they do use Uncle Clifford to narrate a lot of the commentary that is happening of like when we have like flashbacks or when we have other things that are not happening directly in the same time frame as the main subplot. Yeah, I mean, as the mm-hmm. main story, uh, the subplots that are happening, he will, he will be in charge of like narrating those. And it was a choice. I was not a fan of it. Um, but in, I had a discussion with a friend talking about this and like, how important it was for Uncle Clifford to remain the um, the conduit, right? Because he is he is the pink, and I think that that is one of the things that one of the things that we're starting to kind of get outside is that the pink is a network of people, whether it is in the building or not. You see this many times throughout the throughout the show, but whether they have the building, whether they not. Pink is a network and it is a family and he is the conduit and he knows every girl's story and he knows every um he he knows what their struggles are and so I, it, it makes sense that he's narrating it but I I just wasn't a fan. Hmm. But overall, very very strong season. Um there were a couple of episodes I, was, I thought were that could have been better, but I I really did enjoy it overall. I was going to ask you, so what are you giving it out of 10? I'll give P Valley this uh season season two. season two. I will give it a uh seven. And I want to see them next week. <laughs> okay, legendary. <laughs> I'm gonna pull my gag flag. Um, pull my gag. <laughs> but I want I want y'all to do a better job next week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um okay, nice. It's this yeah. it's definitely on my list to watch. I will be catching up today or at least starting it. So yeah. I need cool. to find the, my login and stuff for it. I've misplaced it from somewhere. There you go. I know. All right. Well, um, so that's it for me. If you want to catch P Valley, check out Stars. You can catch it on Stars. Uh season two is uh fully up and you and is available to stream. Uh when we come back. Marcus, it will be time for your spotlight show of the week. Uh, yes. The Sandman. Sweet dreams oh are a beautiful nightmare. Either way, I... We'll be right we'll back, be back. Y'all. <laughs> Hey, 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 we are back. All right. It is time to get into my spotlight TV show of the week. And this week we are talking about The Sandman on Netflix. Um, A very interesting show. Obviously, it's based off of a book series. Um, I have not read the book series. And so I went into this uh, brand new uh, virgin territory and just kind of took it for what it was. I had read a bunch of reviews talking about how uh, they actually did a really good job of staying close to the source material. And so that was good to hear. Um, and overall, I think everyone was really, from all of the reactions and feedback that I saw, everyone was really pleased at how this series turned out. And so 
there will it from the way that it ended it looks like that there will definitely be a season two if they end up getting renewed uh because there are some cliffhangers but there's a very solid a short season but very solid did you have a chance to watch any of these i did not get a chance to check out any of the uh same man my old man did watch it um wanted me to watch the episode about death and so i may watch that oh, yeah. episode. i don't know we'll see so we'll we'll get into that episode because I think he texted me about that too and was saying how good it was and so we'll definitely don't get be into trying that. to start no story. This is not no Kyle Maurice, <laughs> uh, Carl Dorit Mauricio about my man texting you, honey. This is not what's going on, and don't try to get anything started. <laughs> that's that's how stuff gets started. And he was on my phone thing. this morning. I will come to you as I, I, and speaking to you, woman to woman, like Barbara. How, this how is Shirley. Anyway, do your show, girl. Do your show. <laughs> Anyways, and you know he's going to have something to say about it. <laughs> oh, that just made me laugh so hard. Anyways, so let's get into the cast of characters, because the one thing I really liked about this series is that it is a very diverse, very eclectic, very androgynous cast. And I'm here for it. I think, you know, this definitely reflects the type of world that we live in. And plus, everybody did the damn thing. Like, everybody really held their own in this cast. And so, first off, we have Tom Sturridge, who played Dream, um, the Sandman. He's in all 11 episodes. We've got Boyd Holbrook, who played the Corinthian. Um, very cute. He was sort of an antagonist. We got Pat Oswalt, who played Matthew the Raven. Love him. Pat Oswalt has been in a ton of things. Is basically a voiceover master now. Like he does a lot of voiceover work. Um, we have Vivian. This animated. No, this is live action. Oh, okay. It's live action, but he played I heard a. He, I was like, oh wait. No, so he played uh, Matthew the Raven, and so he was a bird the entire time. But oh, you kind of okay. have to like understand the story because he he was a human and he died, and then he got reincarnated as a bird in the dream world, and blah 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 blah. But you won't get it because you haven't watched it. But everybody who has watched it, y'all my people, y'all y'all we see each other. So, um, okay, moving on. We have Vivian Archipong who played Lucienne. I really loved. Her character as well, as well. She was really awesome. Vanessa Semen Yai, who plays Rose Walker. She was also another awesome black actress. Then we have Mason Alexander Park, who played Desire. This was the androgyny I was talking about. He played an androgynous character, but was so fierce doing it. So, so fierce doing it. He looked great, too. If you see the pictures of him from the show, he's just very androgynous. Uh, got like slick back white hair, a beat face, nails, you know, very like feminine with masculine energy and stuff like that, too. It was very, very cute. Very, um, it was I'm going to say it was very cunt. <laughs> it was it was wow. it was very cunt. I know that we use that word. word. That's yeah. a very cunty. Word. Wow. It was, <laughs> it was very cunty wow. for sure, for sure. Um, and then I won't go through all of them, but the list goes on. But there are a lot of people of color in the show, and I really, really like that. And so that's one of the pros right off of the bat. Um, to get into the story arcs, the plot lines, there are several uh, subplots versus the overarching story plot. And so the overarching story plot is that Dream 
uh, is one of many siblings uh, in this fantastical kind of scape, dreamscape or whatever. And so you have dream, you have death, you have desire, you have despair, basically like all of the Ds and stuff like that. And so they're all a family and stuff like that. And each of them has their own realm that they preside over. And so dream has the dream world that he provide, presides over. Death is in the real world, obviously taking people to the afterlife or whatever, and then desire and despair have their own little section. And so it was a very weird dynamic between all of the family members and stuff. And so that's the overarching theme and the overarching mm -hmm. part of it. That's the antagonist is that desire is trying to sabotage dream. And so you kind of find that out as the series, as the season goes on and they're kind of like butting heads and you're seeing dream having have to, overcome a lot of obstacles that's the overarching theme then you have a bunch of like smaller themes within uh the show like for instance dream is captured by a human and his like tools are taken away that like gives him his power and so he has like a gym he has his bag of sand and then he has this really creepy bone mask that gets stolen from him and he gets captured in the real world and so he has to figure out a way to get out of there that's one of the storylines the other one finding his tools again and so it's sort of like a MacGuffin, and so he kind of like has to travel the world and find his tools again in the first part of the season um, a so it's very interesting yeah so they they use his tools like a MacGuffin because it's something that he's searching for they were taken from him and so like episodes one two three four and five deal with him having to go find all of those tools again um in order to restore his uh his realm because his dream realm is falling apart because he doesn't have his powers anymore. And so he has to go on this journey to find these things. And oh, so that's why I, I call them like MacGuffin. a MacGyver. I was like, Oh, Oh no, 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 no. That's why I call yeah. them MacGuffins, like his tools and stuff. That, that's what they're called. It gives the character purpose or something oh, to okay. do throughout the season. Yeah. It's called a literary term. You should look into go off, it. Go off Netflix. Uh, and then we have another story arc that deals with the other black actress she, being a dream vortex that comes in at the latter part of the season. And so that was also a very interesting storyline because she has this younger brother, this black boy, who did a very good job. And he was getting abused by um, some people. And she had to kind of make an effort to go find him and rescue him and stuff. I don't want to give away too much, but it's just kind of one of those things. Yeah, because I'm going to watch this tonight. The the biggest episode, I think the best episode, you're being very sarcastic and I don't appreciate nah, yeah, it. <laughs> Come on. Uh, the biggest episode, though, the one that I would love to hit on is the one that you were talking about. Episode five, I think it was episode five or episode six is the one with death. Death is played by this black woman, this black woman named. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Let me find her. On here. Oh, wow. They don't have her on here. Why don't they have her on here? Wow, that's rude. See? See how y'all do black women? Hold on. I'm going to go to the full, how do the full Sad. page. I don't know. I'll look it up. This is so weird. Like, okay. I don't understand. Oh, Kirby Howell Baptiste. Wow, she's all the way down at the Oh! Bottom. Do you know who she is? Yes, she was just on um she was just on the tonight show oh was she yeah 
but Kirby, sorry, her name is Kirby Howe Baptiste. She plays Death. She did an amazing job. An amazing, amazing job. And the reason why I say that is I guess this kind of ruins it for you a little bit now, but it'll still be really cool for you to see it now that I've said she's deaf. But like you don't when the episode starts and you meet her, you know that she is a sibling of Dream because they have this conversation in the park, but you don't know who she is. Like they never identify her as like who she is or what she's doing or why she's even there. And then as the episode goes along, you see her start talking to specific people and like only specific people can see her. And you're like, so wait a minute, why are only people specific people are seeing her? And then the moment happens where you're like, oh, shit, she's death. She's like there to collect these people. And so the people that can see her are the people who have died. And it's sort of like a very sixth sense type of thing twist in the middle of the episode when you figure that out. And then from there, it like really launches. Okay, well. Oh, I thought you had something to say. Okay. Um, so I, it, it was a, it was a very well-written episode. It was very nice to kind of see her play off of the main character like that. And then there was also like a dual story arc in that episode that takes place over like 500 years where he gave the he and death gave this man the ability to like live forever because they were trying to figure out if he would have more fun being um being alive for eternity or if he would ever wish for death and then come to find out he actually enjoyed being um eternal or whatever and so they needed this bar every century and kind of recap well what did you think of the past 100 years are you ready to die yet and he's like no i'm actually having a great time and he like goes through these these highs and lows throughout the centuries and we kind of follow that it was a very good episode and i would say out of the I think it was eight or ten. Number five or six was probably the standout of the season. Um, any other story arcs I want to hit on really quickly? Oh, the cliffhanger. Let's talk, talk about the cliffhanger. Um, one of the other people you might know from Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Thrones is Gwendolyn Christie. She plays Lucifer. She was Brienne Tarth in Game of Thrones. Yep. Um, she also did a really good job playing Satan, playing Lucifer, and she has a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the season um, that I'm hoping will carry over into season two if they get one. And so I really enjoyed that as well. Um, nice. Overall, I think this season started off slow for me because when you watch the first couple of episodes, it's very Twilight. It's very like Edward Cullen, like you have this very... A moody, pale, skinny white man, and it's like, okay, girl, where is this going? But then when we start meeting everybody else, it starts to all kind of fill in the blanks a little bit. And so I really enjoyed it. I watched it all within a week. Um, the episodes vary. They're not, some of them are close to an hour, some of them are over an hour, some of them are only 40 minutes, you know, and so they vary, but it's on Netflix. I would actually give this about an eight or an eight. there's some room to grow and a couple of things that I would tweak and or fix. But overall, I thought it was a really good season. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Let me me know your thoughts, obviously, in the comments of either this video or on social media. Um, But I enjoyed it. I had a really good time watching it and I'm excited to see what they do for season two. Nice, nice, Boom, boom, boom. And so that was my TV spotlight show in a nutshell. I was trying to do it in a way that I didn't spoil everything because there are some other things that happen, but give you the groundwork and let you find your own, let you find your own way. 
All right, well, cool. Well, let's take a break, and when we come back, it will be time for Fizz or Flat. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, and we are back. It is time for our signature segment of the podcast, Fizz or Flat. This is the part of the show where Marcus and I get to go over the top pop culture moments of the week, give them a fizz if we're filling them, or flat, flat if, if we're, we're not. not. All right, so let's hop right into it. I'm going to start. Um, Common, well-known rapper slash actor, uh, multi-hyphenate, Common is going, he's going for the EGOT, y'all. Okay, for those who don't know, um, it was just announced l- this past week that he will be making his Broadway debut um, in the Pul- Pulitzer Prize winning play Between Riverside and Crazy. This is super mm-hmm. exciting. Um, the show is about a ex-cop and a recent widower um, and their recently paroled son um, who is common who that's that's the role that he's going to be playing as they struggle to mm-hmm. hold on to one of the last great rent stabilized apartments on Riverside Drive um I guess that's in New York I'm guessing uh but this is super exciting because Common has already won a Grammy and Oscar um and also and an I believe has an Emmy as well so mm-hmm. this is so this would be Tony. the last thing for him to come to as a um Tony wanted to make him an EGOT. So this is really exciting. Um, love this for him and that he's going to just continue to expand his already pretty extensive resume. Uh, definitely a fizz for me. It's a total fizz. He's trying to keep up with John Legend and Lizzo's on that ass too because Lizzo's got two now. All She's got an Emmy and a Grammy and so all she needs is an Oscar and a Tony. So they are... Shout out to there. black people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Um, also, shout out to... Uh, this past week on Broadway, they um, they revealed the new James Earl Jones Theater um, yeah. on Broadway. That was uh, that was the theater that's been recently named after James Earl Jones. They uh, released the uh, the signage over the um, over the 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 theater doors, uh, the marquee week. and so stuff that like really that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and since we're doing shout outs, we got to give a shout out to Jennifer Hudson, too, because she was on Instagram studying her EGOT Awards and she also debuted her new talk show this week. Did you watch? I did. I did. I watched an What'd episode, think? I think, on Thursday or Friday. I mean, it's here's my thing about talk shows, because Sherry Shepard also debuted her talk show in the Wendy Williams yep. slot. And my thing about talk shows is that I think that. It can be very well done, but right now everybody is just so formulaic. Like it's the same, but just a little bit different to fit the host. I think the the whole template needs to kind of be thrown out of the window and reworked for like a really good talk show. Because right now I feel like most of these shows are just catering to uh, people who work from home or a certain demographic. And it could be so much better. I enjoyed Jennifer's talk show, but it's like, okay, this is the same as everybody else's. You know, there's nothing that like really makes it stand out except for the fact that it's Jennifer. And so I would support that, but I just, I want a little bit more of a difference. And then Sherry's talk show is basically Wendy Williams, but with Sherry Shepard. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah, I haven't seen Sherry's show. Um, Jennifer's show looked really good. I loved the Simon Cowell interview. I thought that was like super special. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, back to Common, I'm really excited for him and I think that he'll do well. It's a fizz. Uh, is it my go? Let's see. Yep, you will be next. Can we give a fizz? I just want to give a huge fizz and a shout out to Viola Davis on the cover of El mm-hmm. Brazil. She looks These, really good. Oh my gosh. Like, she looks she amazing. And like her skin just on like, ugh, it just looks so good. Um, Woman King, the movie came out this past weekend. And so yes. I think she was promoting that. And I will definitely be in the theaters this week to go see it in a matinee. Yeah, it's getting really good reviews and um, good, great scores on Rotten Tomatoes. So that was. Is it? Good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. So, so I want to support Vanity her. Fair. Um, not yeah. Vanity Fair. Sorry. What L, was it? L, Bra- L, L Brazil. L Yes. LeBron James was in Vanity Fair this week, him and his family. Did you see that? Savannah looked amazing. Killed it. <laughs> she really looked amazing. You know, Bron looked great, obviously, but so, Savannah looked amazing. Yeah, they looked all, you know, they killed it. So all of that gets a huge fizz for me. Same here, fizz. What else you got? Uh, the Guinness Book of World Records uh, recently introduced a number of entries that will be made for 2023. Billie Eilish, The Weeknd, Tony Bennett, Taylor Swift, and of course, Beyonce were on the short list of artists that have made um, huge uh, feats in the um, in, in the industry of music. Billie Eilish being named the young person, the youngest person to win the Triple Crown of Film Music Awards um, with wins in Oscars, Golden Globes, and Grammy Awards for the James Bond theme. The mm-hmm. Weeknd um, has the biggest selling digital single which he already held that, but um, it's now for a new song, uh, Save Your Tears, uh, which earned 2.15 billion subscription subscription streams. Um, Tony Bennett was named the oldest person to release an album of new material. Um, And that would be for his Love for Sale collaborative record with Lady Gaga that he released when he was 95 years old. So that's pretty amazing. Um, Beyonce had so many entries. First act to debut at number one with their first six studio albums, um, and now seven with the. I would say now seven, Um, the highest annual earnings for a female singer as well. And then they also got the highest earning couple in Hollywood ever with her and Jay Z uh, topping Mm -hmm. that list. So a big shout out to all of the people doing their thing in music. It's not the easiest industry, so fizz for me. That's a total fizz for real. I that's awesome. Congrats to all of them. Um, one of the other things I have, just another quick big shout out to a few trailers that dropped this week. Uh, did you see the I Wanna Dance with Somebody trailer, the the I Whitney movie? Did yes. Thoughts. I mean, it looks I better think, than the Lifetime movie. I think it looks like the Lifetime movie. Oh, child. Okay. Um, I think that there are the at least just what I'm seeing, like some of the stuff that they're like, some of the shots, some of the the uh, special effects work. It looks very Lifetime movie esque, um, and not what I would hope for a full length feature film. Um, I think maybe there is some type of there might be some pandering to the family here because I felt like in that trailer we didn't get any. I mean, we like drama just the teaser. It was yeah. just the teaser, but yeah. we did not get any kind of um, 
what is the word I'm looking for? Conflict um, in that. So I'm like, okay, what are we going to be talking about here? And what what years are we going to cover? Uh, but, you know, I'm excited. I'll definitely be watching. What do you think? I, I'll be watching. I'll watch it. Who is the actress playing Whitney? Her name, I don't know. Um, I'm not familiar with her, um, but I'm I think she's either. British. Her name is like Naomi something. Shout out to all the British actors snatching up these American roles. Interesting. We'll save that for another day. So, something like that, yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it, it looked interesting. I was like, oh, okay, this looks a little bit better than the Lifetime movie. And it'll be releasing in theaters, apparently. So, I mean, I'll check it out. I'll give it a fizz. I mean, because the family was involved, weren't they, weren't they on this? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly if the family was involved or anything. And like, I think for me, I don't know if I need the family to be involved. I feel like I mm. probably would want someone to have a little bit more of an objective look at this and someone who can kind of maybe, you know, give us, yes, give us some insight on what like those who closest, how those closest to her experienced Whitney or Nippy, but mm -hmm. like, also, people that are not going to be afraid to kind of talk about what the severe struggles were. And I think, you know, you can kind of choose to dwell on how you how you want to build someone's legacy if you tear it down or what. But I think at all, we need to start looking at these people not as deities or as these like kind of one dimensional figures in but humans. You know, yeah. But yeah. But as humans and like people who have, you know incredible problems gifts but issues. also incredible problems you know and so i think yeah. it's just one of those Ooh, things that's good. that you have to kind of figure out what's going on say that again listen Ooh, i'm good not, i'm not here to preach to y'all today but <laughs> incredible gifts but incredible problems that, yeah, come I mean, on you know, <laughs> but it's just one of, it's like it's one of those things like that you will always have to kind of figure out exactly um, what that means when a family is signed on or approves, right? Like we just, I just saw that with the whole Elvis biopic. The oh, family yeah. loves it, but there were definitely things that were glossed over. <laughs> so, Moment but I give, I give the, uh, I give the uh, teaser a flat. Okay. okay. Not enough. Uh, not enough um, depth for the teaser. I'm I would give like it a, to see a little bit more. I'm going to give it a fizz just because it is a teaser. When we get a full trailer and stuff like that, then I'll give you my full feedback. And is, is Stanley Tucci just now the uh, the the resident person for white gay men? Like he's just going to play all white gay men and everything? So he, he's playing Clive Owen. Clive Owen's not gay, is he? Clive Davis. Clive Davis, not Clive. Clive Owen's he's, uh, the actor, he's, Clive and Davis. I th Clive Davis is bisexual. Oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, girl, he's got a memoir. Oh. Oh, he's oh. been around. Oh, oh, oh. He's lived. <laughs> oh, oh, he's oh. lived, baby. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, mom. Um, yes, okay, mom. and I guess we got one more thing to talk about. Well, I mean, for me, I have a couple of more things that I want oh, to Oh, go for on. your, yeah. Go oh, for okay. it. Oh, um, okay. So I wanted to talk about, I don't know if you saw the Tay Diggs project that's going to be coming to Hulu. I did not tell okay, me about that. Okay, so they are doing a reality dating TV show in which Tay Diggs is going to host already. You know Tay Diggs is times 10, but he's right. going to be helping um, 
women get their groove back. So there's like, he's going to go with like three women who are middle-aged and they're going to be dating men who are half their age. So like men in their twenties uh, are going to be dating these three women on this like resort. Um, the women are all oh, so in this their forties. This is a Stella got a groove back kind of. Yes. Rip-off. And it's called, okay. I think they're doing some kind of like the, the series is called back in the groove, uh, um, which is, you know, kind of a, Nod to how Stella got her groove back, which starred Tay Diggs along with Angela Bassett. But I wonder how they pitched this. To I don't them, know man. exactly how to feel about this. I think I'm. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure if this is going to be. I'm going to wait to see the first episode, of course. But mm-hmm. is this is this exploitative in in some sense? Like. It's a check. It's a check. Number one, it's a check for Tay. And then, like, these women obviously signed up. Like, they knew what they were getting themselves into. So, I mean, it's it's a check. It's something fun to watch. Reality TV. We'll be shocked to see if any of these connections actually last or progress into some kind of actual relationship. I'm a little... I don't know how quite to feel about this because if you remember exactly what How Stella Got Her Groove Back is based on... Mm-hmm. Actually, based on the real life story of Terry McMillan, in which that mm-hmm. was not a fairy tale ending, that that really busted up and and exploded into this very traumatic situation. I think for Terry, I think for um, I think his name was Jonathan was her ex is now who her ex husband is. Uh, it was just a lot, and so yeah, I'm 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 skeptical to see already exactly what this looks like. I'm giving. I'm giving the show based on premise. I'm giving it a flat just because I don't know if this is the right move. I don't know if we should be doing this pairing. Um, I think if it happens, yes, great. But I don't know if this is the the way to go. Yeah, I give it a flat, too. Because like I said, I, as soon as I saw it and looked at the headline, I was like, oh, this is a money grab. Like, Tay wants to, Tay's getting a check. These ladies are getting a little visibility. It's something cute for reality tv so yep. yeah, it's a flat for me yeah flat for me as well um, uh, what else you got did you see andy cohen is getting a comedy at nbc about what it's basically it's about his life it's going to be based on his memoir uh most talkative um what that's the title of his memoir but it's going to be based on um andy cohen's life back in like st louis so uh a 13 year old Jewish um <laughs> uh St. Louis who's gay. He loves the Cardinals. Um and you know is obsessed with soap operas. It's gonna kind of t- I guess it's gonna kind of take us through his life um in that sense. It's it's set to be a comedy directed by um oh gosh, what has he worked on? Give me one second. The mm-hmm. I think they come from like Malcolm in the middle, the team from Malcolm in the middle. Is going to be okay. and Thirty Rock is going to be set. They're going to be on this. So Michael Weiner, yes, um, and okay. Todd Holland are going to be. They're set to direct. So, do we know who's going to be playing a young Andy? So no word has been decided yet no on terms of news. like who's going to be the cast, but it sounds okay. like it's been greenlit to come to NBC um, soon. So did yeah. they say when or is it just TBD? We don't know exactly when. I'm assuming that it'll probably be for the next fall onslaught because they haven't even casted yet. But right. this is I, I I I would give this potentially a fizz um just because I I think it, I'm interested to 
to learn a little bit more about what that mm-hmm. was like um, and how this gay kid from St. Louis kind of came to be, you know, who we now know as Andy Cohen. But um, we'll mm-hmm. see. I'm going to abstain from this one because I want to see who's casted first. Give me a cast. Let's see what the cast is. It's going to be some white kid. I mean, I mean, and remind yourself, it's not going to be like this person, whoever it is, is not going to be looking like Andy. It's it's literally a kid. They're going to hire some kids to do this. Um, But uh, I think, yeah, I'll give it a fizz. Okay, cute. That's it for me. Do you have any... Let's talk about what we, I know this is the one thing I know we probably both wanted to talk about. The primetime Emmys happened last week. Oh, okay, yes. Were you shocked, surprised by who won, who didn't win? Give me your thoughts. Give me your I highs think that there were lows. a couple of shocks. I was upset to see um, that uh, Sarah Paulson didn't win uh, for mm-hmm. impeachment. I think that that was the biggest upset for me. Who um, won in that category? It was... I have to go back and look and see who actually won. She was limited series, wasn't it? Uh-huh. It was like Best Actress in a um, Limited Series. Yeah, but I think it was Amanda Seyfried for um, one for Dropout. Really? I mean, which I I think I remember saying like she was going to kill it. Hmm. But Sarah Paulson in Impeachment, though, is Linda Tripp? I think that she was my... Okay, so I think that she was like my... She was my pick. She was my pick, but I will also say that um, Amanda Seyfried's You thought Amanda did a better job. Amanda Seyfried's eyes was the dropout. (laughs) Um, I also don't know if I agree with how they categorize it because Sarah Paulson was in the lead actress category and not supporting. Which is very interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So and Beanie Feldstein exactly wasn't nominated was at all, was she? I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said Beanie wasn't nominated at all, was she? Uh, I don't think so. Because she would have been the lead, right? I that's what I so that's what I had thought initially. That I was like it would have been Beanie Feldstein that would have been lead for uh for lead actress in limited series, but it was they had Sarah Paulson in that category. Hmm. That's probably uh, a political thing. If they they didn't want her, I don't know who was in the supporting actress, but they probably wanted. I don't know. It's probably something political. Interesting. Okay. What other highs lows? Um, RuPaul got knocked off uh, her throne, so Drag Race did not win for reality competition program. Um, Lizzo, I was I was really excited to see Lizzo win. Loved her speech. Loved Cheryl Lee Ralph's speech. Loved Quentin yeah. Brunson. Um, Quentin should have won Best Lead co- Actress in a Comedy, though. I thought she should, could have definitely won that. Yeah, I think that I don't. I don't even know if they were like. I'm not sure exactly what happened with that, but you know, I was happy to see her take away something for sure. I think writing, you know, the writing, writing was a, that was a huge nod, um, and then. I did. I was a little upset that my favorite show didn't get anything. Severance is, you know, what I've been kind of screaming about, and you know, yeah. I think Succession was great last season, but I really did love Severance. I really did enjoy it. So Succession won Best Drama Series, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I w- I would have definitely probably gone with Severance as well. Um, but wait, how do you feel about Quinta's moment with Jimmy Kimmel? 
people are arguing and saying that Jimmy took away her moment. Yeah, everybody was saying that. I didn't think it took away the moment. I mean, you know, if it did, okay. Um, he apologized profusely, brought her back, brought her to his show, apologized on the show. She said that it, she wasn't bothered by it at the night. She's not bothered by it. I'm not either. So that's what I said. Yeah, she said she was cool with it. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, um, I agree with award shows. They all do bits. It's kind of like I don't. To me, you are you're all. It's already a long ass show, and so like mm-hmm. these little bits and things that people do. Yeah, it's it's part in there to keep the show going. Um, yeah. And I think we're getting to a spot where it's not going to be, it's going to literally be, I think we're get. I honestly think that we're getting to a spot where the award shows, we know it is going to be done away with. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Because people are having a problem, number one, with the comedy that's happening at these shows. And if you take out the comedy, you literally are just there, just watching people get awards and like listening to speeches. And if that's what you want, I mean fine but i don't think that that's going to be a telecast that draws many viewers um and the ratings were not great for this emmys so i i I don't know exactly what it means i think they tried to make the emmys a lot more fun the emmys felt a lot like the golden globes this year um was one of the observations that i was making me and my uh, old man were watching it that it felt very much like the golden globes yeah, because they were they did it from home last year they were trying to like make it fun i think they did the I'm not exactly sure what they did because they did have certain areas of like people meeting up and they had the tables um, and they brought that aspect this past year. But it with everyone in one room, it felt like the Golden Globes. Yeah, I, I would definitely say my highlights is that there were a lot of black women who won this year from Zendaya to Lizzo to Quinta to Cheryl. I was very, very happy to see that in like big categories. Mad props to Zendaya for taking home Best Lead Actress in a Drama Series for a again. second year in a row. Again. Mm-hmm. And she's going to keep coming again and again and again. And so I really love that. Um, I love Cheryl's speech. I thought that was dope. Lizzo's speech was dope, just like you were saying. I was pretty... Oh, um, Murray Bartlett won an Emmy. Good for him. Good for him. He has been in this game. I don't know if anybody knows who Murray Bartlett is, but he um, was on a little little known show called Looking back in the day, and he won for White Lotus. He was um, guest, I guess, or a supporting actor in a in a comedy or in a seer drama series or something like that. But he won an Emmy for White Lotus, and then Jennifer um, Coolidge won an Emmy as well for her first Emmy. And so it was great to see Cheryl Lee Ralph and Jennifer. Is it Jennifer Coolidge? Is that her last name? Yeah, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, both of them won Emmys for the very first time after having these long historied careers. And so it was great to see them finally pick up an Emmy win as well. And so a lot of good wins that I agree with. And then a, a, definitely a few snubs that and, and losers that I'm like, eh, maybe this person should have won. But. Overall, I didn't watch the Emmys. I watched the speeches. I watched the winners, like all award shows nowadays, and kept it po- kept it moving. No, yeah, we watched, and I, like I said, I think um, it was just a, yeah, it was just definitely a different vibe. They're really trying to keep it exciting and you know fresh, and uh, want people to be able to look at it. But it's yeah, it it's getting harder. Yeah. So that's all I have. Fizz for me, though. I thought the Emmys was really cool to kind of look back on. Cool, 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 cool. 
All right. And so with that, it is now time for our final thoughts. Marcus, what are your final thoughts walking away from this week's episode? How are you going to be mad at a fictional story? How are you going to be upset about a black mermaid when mermaids don't exist? How are you going to be upset about a kid's movie that's being adapted as a live action screenplay when you have all of these other roles, like I had said earlier, that have been whitewashed throughout history? Like we've seen it time and a time and a time and a time again. Like, please sit down and shut up. Okay, like if you don't want to see the movie, then I'll go see it. But I'm going to be there seeing it because Hallie was the best girl for the role. I remember reading somewhere the saying that the director of the movie actually saw Chloe and Hallie performing and they requested for Hallie to come in and audition. She didn't even like show interest in it, but they asked her to come in. And then she went through all of the rounds of auditions, just like all of these other girls. And she said the bar is so high that they had no choice but to go with her because she just did an amazing job. So let it go. Let it go. It's going to be an amazing movie. It's a teaser trailer. And again, it is a movie. Go find something better to do with your life. That's what I'm taking away from this. Ugh. Hey, all right. Um, I think what I'm walking away with uh, this this week is just back to our conversation uh, regarding regarding Tay Diggs' show. I I think while we have like there might be great ideas and like we want to take these nods back to nostalgia, we got to know what to revisit and what not to revisit. Um, there's not we don't have to go back and hit every little thing. And bring it back. Remakes and reboots. You know, I think we can kind of, you know, let memories be memories and kind of just go, you know, go from that. Um, I applaud people wanting to always, you know, pay homage and tribute and make sure that we don't lose, you know, certain important pieces of culture. Um, But this was not the way to revive Terry McMillan's How Stella Got Her Groove Back. (laughs) This could have been done in a a way better way uh maybe a series um something else because this this reality tv show putting um women in their 40s with men in their 20s um and tay Diggs at the helm is just seems to me (laughs) to be chaotic well i can't wait to see how this turns out (laughs) all right so that is our show this week um, if you want to continue the conversation with us, please follow us on social media. You can find us at Cold Pop Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, um, Cold Pop Podcast on Facebook. You can reach me at Trenton Rashad on social media channels. Marcus, where can they find you? You can find me on all the socials at Marcus Drew Steele with an E on the end. And don't forget, we're posting videos on YouTube now. So you can watch this podcast on YouTube on our Cold Pop podcast. Uh, channel so please check it out like subscribe leave a comment share let us know what you think we're on tv now ma no one wants to see you in this uh wrapped up blanket um you don't like my sheba sheree nitta please um we will (laughs) see you guys next week goodbye